eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This NFL season, FanDuel has more ways to win than ever before. New Beat the Score contests pay out everyone who hits a certain score. No more worrying about how other players are doing. Just hit the score and win. Also new for this NFL season, FanDuel's got the biggest ever free NFL Survivor Contest. Pick one team each week, make it through the season for a chance at the $250,000 prize. New players, try FanDuel today and get a $20 bonus when you make your first deposit just sign up fanduel.com slash cbs sports cliff jim rome what's up man how are you all is well how are you i'm doing great great to get caught up with you thank you very much for doing this no 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 problem anytime big jim rome called hey why not Cracking, what's up? Welcome to episode 47 of the Jim Rohn Podcast, and I appreciate you checking out the side hustle, and you are in for another great conversation. Now quickly, right off the top, some housekeeping. I am changing up on you. That means your voicemail now lives at the back end of the podcast, so if you're looking for that, you'll find it after my conversation with the name on the marquee. Speaking of the main event, our guest for Rep 47 is a Super Bowl champion, Cliff Averill. One of the most important pieces on one of the most dominant defenses ever. Cliff has seen it all. He's been at the top. He's been at the bottom. He hoisted a Lombardi in Seattle, and he ran the table in reverse in the D. And now he's transitioning to life after football, a move that he is handling like an absolute boss. This conversation covers a whole lot of ground. What's life like after 17 straight years of football? Earl Thomas's standoff with the Seahawks front office. What it's like to win a Super Bowl and what it's like to lose one. And who Jalen Ramsey reminds him of. If you're looking for a hardcore dose of the NFL, let me get out of the way and get you straight to Cliff Averill. Step into the spotlight. Cliff, I got to say, you came over to the dark side. You are now hosting a daily (laughs) radio program. I got to ask you, what's that like? Is that pretty much what you expected, or maybe is it a little bit different? It's a little different. Um, I think it's a little different from the standpoint of, you know, obviously been playing football for the last 17 years of my life, and, and now not having to be in shape or getting prepared for a season uh, is more so what the difference is for me than the actual job of, of giving my opinion on, you know, the Seahawks and everything else under the sun. All right, so what's that like? I mean, as you point out, this summer, this is the first time literally ever that you're not mm-hmm. preparing for a football season. So what's that part of it been like? It's, it's, it's been tough. It's been tough, um, but at the same time, it's been, you know, pretty cool just being able to 
be with my family and travel and actually get to, you know, drink and <laughs> eat whatever I want to eat with my wife because she typically hates traveling past May because I'm kind of like Debbie Downer. No, we can't eat that. No, we can't drink this. <laughs> so, so she's excited about that. But, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's still a transition. Uh, of course, been doing it for 17 years. And, and now, you know, you kind of have to transition into doing something different, you know, just, it just takes time. It just takes time, but I'm enjoying the process, though. All right, so part of the process right now is suddenly you can eat and drink what you want. What's your go-to <laughs> drink? Um, if I'm drinking, I'll, you know, a little vodka, cranberry, and orange, uh, you know, never hurts anybody in the evening. <laughs> no, you earned it. You earned it. All right, so <laughs> you, you suffered a neck injury four games into last season, and when you walked off the field that day, did you have any idea that you had not only played your last down for the Seahawks, but for anybody else for that matter? No clue. Uh, I really thought it was something minute. You know, I thought it was something that, um, you know, I've gotten stingers before in, in the past, and I was just thinking, hey, you know, just stinger, I'll be fine. Um, you know, uh, but once I got the tingling in both hands, again, I'm, you know, kind of shaking it off. I, I felt fine. And, and then when the doctors are like, hey, you know, we might need to take you to the hospital. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I feel great. I feel like things are going, are flowing. Like, I feel like I'm about to ball out. Like, what are you guys talking about? Like, uh, I think we should get this checked out. And I was I was a little mad at first, but knowing our team doctor, he's he's always on the caution side, and, and I appreciate him for it. And he, uh, you know, we go to the hospital, do the whole testing, MRIs, the doctors are going back and forth a little bit. They got kind of a little quiet. So that's when I kind of figured out that, you know, it's pretty serious. Kept coming back and forth and asking, hey, um, are you sure you're not having any symptoms? I'm like, no, I feel great. I feel fine. You know, what do you guys thought? And then, you know, they'll walk off for a little bit and come right back. Like, are you sure? And they did this probably three or four times. Um, and I knew it was serious when they came back. And he was like, listen, honestly, um, most people – that come into this hospital with this injury, um, they usually don't walk in. They're paralyzed. And I was like, what? Hmm. Like, that's when I realized, like, whoa, this is really, like, a big deal. And, um, you know, so that's when I was like, okay, now I really got to process. Will I be playing football ever again? You know, wow. I mean, so heavy. So when you look back on it, have you been able to reconcile how it ended? I mean, don't get this twisted. You had a really, really nice career. But were you able to reconcile how it ended? Because you were coming off a great year. And as you just said, you were looking to ball out. Almost nobody yeah. leaves the game on their own terms. Do you feel like you were able to do so? Yeah, I, I definitely feel like I was able to do so because even when the Seahawks released me, um, other teams still called. And, um, you know, for me and what I've been able to do, I've been blessed, right? I'm a little kid from Jacksonville, Florida. I got to travel the country, travel the world, really due to just being able to play a, a, a wonderful game. And I'm able to provide for my family. So, uh, and, you know, I did everything the NFL can give you. I've lost every game. <laughs> I've won the Super Bowl. I've been to the Pro Bowl. You know, I've been considered one of the top players for a little bit. So, there's there's not much else to accomplish other than being selfish and going back out there and able, and really hurting yourself even more. Um, you know, I got two little boys that that look up to me and and they mean the world to me. And not being able to play with them would hurt me way more than me playing another few years or whatever. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm gradually wrapping my mind around it. Obviously, it's tough because it's part of my life. It's been part of who I am. But uh, you know, there's so much life to be lived. 
you know, and you started transition too, and you started to take part in that process. As an example, you took part in the 2018 Pro Athlete Business Combine earlier this year. What mm-hmm. was that, and what was your biggest takeaway from that? Oh, uh, so the Pro Athlete Combine is uh, a program that my guy Caleb Thornhill is, is putting together uh, for athletes uh, that are active, and um, they're creating one for for retired players as well, where they they give you opportunity to basically dive deep into finding what your passion might be from a business standpoint, entrepreneurial. Um, you know, just depending on what it is that you like, they give you a wide range of different things. Um, and you get to meet with all of these top execs that come and speak to you and they do panels and they walk you through different exercises to get you prepared. One, again, to figure out what it is that you like, but show you what it might take to be successful in these worlds, right? In these different, um, industries. Um, it's, it's probably, I've done pretty much all the programs that the provides for athletes and it's by far probably the best one that I've done um, over the years and it's just it's just a great platform a great thing that that they're putting together for for us uh, for the trend just to help us with the transition uh, out of football so are you gonna do it again in 2019 oh yeah I plan on doing it again for sure um, you know, I, I picked up so much from it. I made so many different contacts uh, while I was there that I still communicate with some of the guys to this day, even the players. We're on this big text message thread where we're talking about different things that we're working on. And, hey, do do you know anybody in this industry that can help me with this? And, you know, just networking. And that's what, that's what I learned the most out of the whole process is, a lot of stuff, it is what you know, but it's the connections and the network that you know, the people that you know that can help you get into these doors and help you uh, with the transition, uh, to make the transition a little smoother. Dude, preach, preach. That's exactly what that is. I mean, you do have to know and you've got to know your business, but it is often about who you know, what you know, or more than what mm-hmm. you know. More with Cliff Averill in just one moment. Casper was created with one goal to deliver a great night of sleep at an amazing value. The team of engineers and designers at Casper worked nonstop researching, prototyping, and testing all of their mattresses based on how different people sleep. The Casper mattress has a unique combination of foams that provide the right pressure relief and alignment so you can feel perfectly balanced and comfortable. And the breathable material guarantees that you sleep cool. Plus, the mattresses are built to last four years. Try Casper yourself for 100 nights risk-free. They ship it to you for free in a compact box. If you don't love it, they will pick it up and refund you everything, no questions asked. See for yourself why Casper has over 35,000 five-star reviews and counting. Go to Casper.com today and take advantage of Casper's limited-time Labor Day offer. Say goodbye to summer with 10% off any order with a mattress. Casper.com. Terms and conditions do apply. See site for details based on reviews of all Casper products across Ross Casper, Google, and Amazon. Listen, you, you touched on this. You, from a football standpoint, you had been at the very top, and you were at the bottom. And what I mean by that is you started your career with the 0-16 Detroit Lions, and you spent five mm-hmm. years there. You went to the playoffs once. So, Cliff, what was it like to go from that culture to a totally different culture, a winning culture in Seattle? Oh, man. Uh, uh, obviously, you know, when I signed here, I didn't know, you know, the cultures I didn't know that they were going to be winning and all these different things. But I would say the biggest thing that, that I took from the two 
is in how Coach Carroll runs his team compared to essentially how the NFL had, was when I first got into the NFL, which is very militant, very, you know, players can't be themselves. It's only a certain way to be. And Coach Carroll has proven that, that model wrong. Uh, because he allows guys, he wants guys to be themselves, and he feels like guys can succeed a lot better and want to play a lot harder if they're being themselves. Um, so that was the biggest culture change. I mean, it's so relaxing in, in Coach Carroll's environment from the standpoint, you know, before meetings, guys are shooting hoops. There's a basketball hoop in the team meeting room where, you know, the offensive line will go against the defensive line. And it's just trying to get the creative uh, – it's trying to get the, the competition – uh, juices flowing at the beginning of the day um, and having music playing and, you know, before and after meetings. And it's just a, a fun environment. Like I actually enjoyed going to work and the difference is in, in the old is, like I said, it's very militant, you know, coaches are on you every second, you know, to the point where even some, some organizations they have like the players have to have their shirts tucked in and all these different things. And coach Carroll's showing you that, there's another. There's a different way of doing things and still able to win games. All right, so when you look around that locker room and you see some guys, I mean, some really strong presences, you know, much like yours, but you see a Richard Sherman, a Cam mm-hmm. Chancellor, Earl Thomas, Bobby Wagner. I mean, the guys that were there when you got there, were they quick to embrace you or did you have to earn mm-hmm. their respect first? Well, the game we play, it's always all about earning your respect. The guys knew of me and I knew of them, but – you know, until you actually play on the football field with those guys, you know, uh, the respect factor will grow more, right? So the same way I knew of Earl and I knew of, of, of Cam and, and Sherm, at the same time, I didn't know them as people. And um, I didn't know them of their stats and different things like that. But as we continue to play in the game and trying to really what it boiled down to for me was just trying to figure out how I fit in, in such a great defense at the time. Uh, what did I bring to differentiate myself and show that I had value? Uh, and for me, it was all about sack fumbles, right? So I think that year I might have had six sack fumbles uh, out of my eight sacks or whatever. Create my own way of create my own way of creating turnovers, should I say? So but you, um, yeah. you know, once you start playing with those guys and you start realizing what they bring to the game and they realize what you bring to the game, the level of respect grows, and and, and that's kind of what we formed. Uh, through those years. You know, you mentioned a couple of those guys. You're covering the team right now as part of your talk show. Earl Thomas, as an example, is still holding out. He's racked up more than a million bucks for the fines. I mean, mm. how do you think that plays out? I hope. I can only hope that they, they figure it out. I hope that, that to me, obviously just being a fan and biased because Earl's my guy, I feel like they should pay him, you know, because, one, he's one of the best safeties in the league. Um, but also understanding the business side of things, you know, uh, with those guys, you know, everyone that they signed to a third year, third contract, it didn't really pan out for them. So I get both sides. I just, as, as a, as a former player though, I'm always pro players getting paid and I hope they find a way to be able to do it because again, Earl is, if not the best safety, free safety in the league right now. And he, he hasn't slowed down any. So, uh, you know, I, I would love for him to pay him. But I, I, if I had two things to tell Earl is, hey, listen, bro, like we're not in the business of giving money back, though. You know, being a million dollars in fines, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, that's money you can't recoup back, you know, and, and that's that's a difficult pill to swallow. So I would say, hey, at least show up to camp and you guys figure out from that perspective instead of actually giving the money back. 
Yeah, man, I wonder about that. You're right. You're exactly right. For instance, if he doesn't get the trade, and he's already said, trade me to the Cowboys, and I mean, you played with him, Cliff. You know how much he loves the Cowboys. If he has to stay in Seattle, can he put that acrimony behind him? Or given how bitter this thing has become, is that maybe not possible? No, Earl's a, a pro, one. And then, two, Earl loves football. So if he dresses for the Seahawks, if he dresses for the Cowboys, if he dresses for the Jaguars, whoever it may be, Earl's going to go out there and give you 110%. That's just who you're going to get. You're going to get a ball player, you know. Um, so I don't think he'll take any of it personal. I think I think he understands the business dynamic of it. But, again, he just wants to play football. He wants to just be compensated fairly and play football and enjoy the game. Um, so I don't think it would be an issue uh, once they resolve whatever it is that they're trying to resolve. I don't think it would be an issue. For all right, then. Quick pause in the conversation so I can tell you all about Stamps.com. By now you know you can get practically everything you want on demand, like our podcast. Listen whenever you want and when it's convenient for you. You see, with Stamps.com, you can access all the amazing services of the post office, but you can do it right from your desk, 24-7, when it's convenient for you. I mean this now. Click, print, mail, you're done. It could not be any easier. You may not know it, but I have a stack of important letters and packages and merch and all sorts of business from this show that I have to handle. I let stamps.com do it. It is so easy and it saves so much time. I should have done this so much sooner. Right now, use Rome for a very special offer. It includes up to $55 in free postage, a digital scale, and a four-week trial. Do not wait. Go to Stamps.com. Before you do anything else, click on the radio microphone at the very top of the homepage. Type in Rome. Once again, Stamps.com, enter Rome. Stamps.com, enter Rome. What about Sherm? Now, you know how strong a uh, presence Richard Sherman is in the locker room. How do you think he fits in with the Niners, both in the locker room and on the field at this juncture of his career? Locker room, Sherm is amazing. So the the perception of Sherm in the media and the perception of who he or in the media, but who he is in the locker room is, is night and day. You know, um, Sherm, yes, very loud, spoken, but funny. Uh, guy, he cares for every like Sherm will know every single guy on the roster and will speak to every single person, and he might even know your stats. <laughs> like right. that's how involved Sherm is as far as for being a teammate and is an amazing teammate. Um, on the field, I think Sherm and well, rewind on, in the locker room. So with him with with the Niners, I think he's actually going to be the, the the glue that kind of brings guys together even more because he understands how important that is in order for guys to win on the field it's the same defense you know so so he still can can dictate and tell some of the guys hey this is what you should look for because this is what we used to get when i was with the seahawks and and just being such a a professional i think he's going to help and take that team or that defense to another level actually you know when you wrote the piece for the players tribune you talked about the fact you guys played a lot of ping pong back in the day I gotta ask, was that just a way to blow off some steam, or do those games actually represent something way more important than that? So initially, um, you know, it was more so just something to do during breaks, or like say myself and Earl would get into a argument who's the better ping pong player. We'll have literally like five minute break, and we're like, man, let's go settle this first to five, real quick, right. you know. Uh, um, and like we would literally do that, and then you know, same thing with Sherm or whoever. And not knowingly, obviously, uh, not knowing, but that was building 
that was building our relationship. It was building that camaraderie that we think you need to win. Um, and, and it used to get intense, <laughs> no doubt about it. The competitive, the competitor in us, um, you know, we wanted to win and we, we wanted to talk trash afterwards as well. Yes. Something as simple as ping pong guys are talking trash and, uh, you know, it, it made us closer though, as a team, it made us closer as, as teammates and, and it made it a little more deeper than just football. Uh, we actually appreciate each other for who we were as men and what we did with our families and different things like like that as well. Dude, who knew? Ping pong. But I see what you're talking about. <laughs> I get it. You know, we talked about you being 0-16, but the flip side of that is you've been to the very top and you won a Super Bowl ring. Not many can say that. Nobody could ever take that away from you, Cliff. But do you find yourself thinking about the one you have or maybe the one that got away? You know what? I'm always thinking of the glass uh, half full. So I think about just being fortunate enough to win one. You know, I know guys that play in the NFL 12, 13, 14 years, never get to the playoffs, let alone win a Super Bowl. Right. So to win one was amazing. Uh, and, and I can never, you know, be mad at that. Uh, obviously having two would be better, but winning one, I know, like I said, legends that have played forever and never won, won a Super Bowl. So to be the last team standing at the end of a season is, is a, an amazing accomplishment. Yeah, I'm really glad to hear you say that because you see so many times, I mean, you guys, I just think pro athletes are wired differently. And a lot of times they think not about the success or about the things that went so well, but rather the things that didn't go so well. And of course, we're talking about Super Bowl 49 where Russell Wilson got picked by Malcolm Butler at the goal line instead of just handing it to Marshawn Lynch. More about the flip side of that. I mean, what's it like to pay that price as a group to get that close, not only to winning, but to going back to back? And then maybe it doesn't happen largely because of a play call. What does that do to a locker room going forward? Um, initially, honestly, we didn't think anything of it. We thought we were going to go back again, honestly. Um, you know, it wasn't a doubt in my mind that we couldn't have done it again. But at that point in time, too, if you think about it, we had played the most football out of any team in the NFL. We were in an extra seven or eight games in comparison to, to everyone else going into that third year. Um, so that – I think played a major, a bigger role than the actual play and, you know, not winning it. Um, I think just the fact that uh, we played a whole half season more than everyone else and guys started getting beat up and guys started slowing down a little bit. Uh, but as far as the locker room, though, it didn't change anything. Uh, everyone was, you know, obviously, uh, of course, everyone was down about it. Don't get me wrong. But it didn't change how we approached the game. It didn't change how we, we looked at each other from the standpoint of, of you know, trusting and, and believing in our abilities and being able to play for each other. None of that changed. It was just, I think, over just the wear and tear, honestly. Sure, sure. So it, didn't, it obviously didn't affect the way you guys saw each other. Did it affect the way anybody saw Pete Carroll? You know what? I can see, I can see how it could have. Now, and I can only speak from my personal perspective, I didn't have an issue with it. You know, um, I, I mean, I got hurt in that game as well. So my, my, my vantage point is completely different from everyone else's. But I can, I can see how it could have bothered some guys. But to be honest with you, no one actually spoke about it in the locker room. So it wasn't a, a topic per se that everyone was like, oh, my gosh, you know, we got to stop listening to Coach Carroll or anything like that. It was never that. It was, it was. Dang, we should have. We should have been back to back champions, of course. 
but it was never a you know conversation going around the locker room like man coach Carroll lied to us or coach Carroll did this or that it was it was never none of that yeah I hear what you're saying I mean listen you said part of it was just the attrition of the thing you play so many extra games and there's a certain wear and tear that goes along with it just my final thought about that if you do get that you know what it could have should have but if you get that are you sitting on two or maybe are you sitting on more than two rings Oh, I definitely think I definitely think it would have motivated us to go for three for sure. Uh, I definitely believe we would have been at least in the Super Bowl within that year and the following year for sure. Hmm. So, Cliff, you look around the NFL right now. One before I let you go, one of the big things right now getting a lot of attention in the preseason: the new helmet rule, and none of this attention's been really good of late. What do you make of that mm-hmm. rule? Uh, <laughs> that rule is interesting from the standpoint of like the people that are making these rules. I think their 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 heart is in the right place, but they're not being realistic either. Because yes, we should make the game a lot safer. Yes, we're trying to figure that whole thing out, but the way of going about it isn't making any sense. Because this past season, this the season that just went by, and me being on the sidelines of these games and realizing how fast the game really is being in the being in the stadium doesn't do the game any justice as far as how fast guys really are playing out there and how big the collisions are so that being said you know i think it's it's difficult for a human being to actually see if a guy is really trying to get his head out of the way or not on a lot of these plays some of these plays are blatant yes but you know that split second bang bang like I don't see how someone's going to be able to see that. And, and then for the for the defender, it's even harder because now you have to worry about, you know, these strike zones and where you're going to hit at. But when this guy sees you coming, it's it's human nature to kind of get in a fetal position uh, in a sense and lower your shoulder and lower your head and all these different things. So as a defender, like, that becomes even harder for you to actually gauge that. Um, so it's going to be – it's going to take a lot of time. I hope, I hope the way they call it in the preseason isn't how they call it in the regular season because the games will be four or five, six hours long now, and nobody's going to want to watch that. Yeah, right. And on top of that, as a defensive player, Cliff, do you want, I mean, you obviously want them to call it both ways. Do you think they will, however they call it? Uh, you know what? On defense, defense always gets the, the short end of the stick. Um, you know, the game is they want more points. Fantasy football's taking over. They want more points on the scoreboard. They they want to protect um, they want to protect the quarterbacks, of course. But they're not they're not helping the defense out in any kind of way. All the rules are are, are to help the offense. All the rules are to allow the offense to get more yardage and more points. And um, it sucks to be a defensive player right now. I got to get your thoughts on this. What about that block that Jarvis Landry put on rookie? corner Taron Johnson Friday night the Bills thought that was dirty they said as much did you think that was a dirty play uh, it, it, it was it's a fine line uh, I don't think you I, I don't first off we have to see who's doing what a lot of times right someone like Jarvis Landry he's not he's not known for that right so that's kind of my point of view from that standpoint is like he's not known for being a dirty player or anything. Now, if this happens again in week two or something like that, now you have to start questioning it a little bit. But I don't think he intentionally was trying to hurt the guy or anything like that. 
It, it seems to me like like it did happen once before, though, right? He did it back in 2016, and he did it to the Bills. But to your other point, and this is where I come out, I'm not going to call a guy dirty unless I know there is an intent to injure, right? Yeah. And how would you know that? I mean, I guess you have to know the guy a little bit. But it seems to you me have to maybe know the that guy. But your rap sheet, I mean, you're, it's gonna it's gonna follow you. I mean, you said he had it in 16, so you know maybe you raise your eye a little bit at it. But you know, someone that. I don't even know who who's been playing for a while, but there's certain guys that have the reputation, uh, the reputation of being that type of person, and eventually, you know, the, we have to believe it if it keeps happening, you know. Um, but it it's a fine line again. Hey, listen, I don't want to single anybody out. No names mentioned, but maybe like a cat like Vontez Perfect, right? I mean, super physical <laughs> guy, but it's not like it hasn't happened more or once or twice or four times, right? Yeah, somebody like Bertez, he, uh, Vontez, you have to, um, I mean, you have to question it for sure. You know, at the end of the day, because at the end of the day, I feel like in how I've always approached the game is, listen, I'm not here to, I'm not here to take food off of your table. Like, I want to make plays the right way. I'm not here to hurt anybody. I'm not here to end your career. I'm not here to, 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 to mess you up for the long haul. That, that's always been my mindset. Now, some guys, I don't, I don't know if they all feel that way. I don't know if all veteran players feel that way. But that's always been my mindset. And, and that's when I have an issue with guys is when it's continuously, you know, you're trying to take guys out. You're trying to, you know, hurt guys. Um, that's, that, there's no room in the game for that. Yeah, right. I mean, shouldn't there be like a fundamental respect among gladiators that what we're doing out here is extremely violent, extremely dangerous, man? Play the game the right way? Exactly, exactly. And that's, how, that's always been my approach. Um, I, I don't, I don't find it fair for me to try to take your career into my hands, you know, uh, not, not from that standpoint from the, now from a competition standpoint, Hey, if I bust you behind three or four times, that's on you. You know what I mean? But as far as for hurting you and, and, you know, uh, trying to damage what you're trying to do from a physical standpoint, I, there's no room for that. Coming back with Cliff Averill after this message from Thrive Market. How would you like to shop for organic groceries without paying top dollar? You can bypass those overpriced local markets and shop at Thrive Market. It's a revolutionary online marketplace on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everybody. Thrive Market is stocked with thousands of the best-selling non-GMO foods and natural products, always at 25 to 50% below traditional retail prices. Just click on a product and you'll see things like why you'll love it, price comparisons to retail, nutritional information, and more. So you can shop knowing that you are getting the best ingredients at the most affordable prices and that it's all safe for your family. Thrive Market's prices are already up to 50% off, and now they're giving you an extra $60 in free groceries plus free shipping. Get $60 of free organic groceries plus free shipping and a 30-day trial. Go to thrivemarket.com slash Rome. This is an amazing product. Thrivemarket.com slash Rome. Like Josh Gordon, return of the Browns after time to work on his mental and physical health. Again, I... We're not in that locker room. You're not. I'm not. But what was your reaction when you first heard that he was leaving the team? And then what do you think the reaction is inside of his own locker room? Are they with him no matter what? Or if you're not there doing the work that other guys are doing, do guys start to lose patience? How does that work? Uh, some guys will question how many chances does he get. <laughs> that's, I think that's the only question. But as far as for 
certain players, certain caliber of players, you're going to get away with a lot more things than others. That's just what it is. That's just life in America in general, right? The the, the more you can do or what you can bring to the table, you'll get more leeway on the other side. So someone like himself, he's a game changer. Like, no question about it. He's He can be such a dominant player. Um, so they're going to give him more leeway. And players in the locker room are going to say the same thing. They're going to let, look. Yeah, we don't. We were wondering how many chances he get, but hey, when this guy gets out there, he dominates. He takes care of business. So, I think as a player, those are the only two mindsets that you'll have. Like, dang, how many chances does he get? But man, I sure would love to have him on my team. There's not one. There's not one team in in, in the NFL that wouldn't want that guy on their team. You know, so knowing that guys will be okay with having him on their team. I got you. Now, if you're the Jags and you see Jalen Ramsey go into roast mode and start lighting up QBs <laughs> around the league, does it fire you up, or would you rather the young gun just kind of keep that stuff to himself? You know, he reminds me of Sherm. That's all it is. He's Sherm 2.0. Right. Um, but I, I, I like it from the standpoint from him. Just from it, He has no choice but to play well when you do stuff like that, right? And he, he's embracing that challenge. Basically, I'm going to speak my mind, but I have to go out here and back it up. And I think he knows that. Um, as far as for his teammates, hey, you know, as long as you show out when you play out on Sundays, I don't really care what you say in the media, honestly. As long as you're not giving up touchdowns, as long as you're not, you know, guys aren't scoring on you left and right, I don't care what you say. They handle your business. It's good marketing for him. It's it's good outside of the locker room for him. So I, I, that doesn't bother me. It's when you're talking all that trash and they're bombing us and they're throwing the ball at you and you can't do anything about it. Then now, hey, bro, you need to shut up. You need to just shut up and play ball, you know. Um, but he, he's a heck of a ball player, man. And I can appreciate someone that's not afraid to, to be different because as uh, us as athletes, we've been kind of conditioned to talk a certain way and only speak about certain things and, and, and conduct ourselves in a certain way, and he's going against the grain. And, um, you know, and he's a heck of a ball player, and he can do that. Cliff, you're so right. And now that you're on the other side, I think you'll understand this even more. Like, when you do that show every single day and you're having guys on, and if guys come on and they just keep spitting the same cliches and you know they've got something yeah. to say but they won't say it, man, it starts to get old. It starts to get tired. I see a guy like Ramsey. I think this guy's great. I love the kid I, because I think he's a great young player. And to your point, he does back it up. And really, did he say anything that wasn't true? <laughs> no. And and on top of that, he's entitled to his opinion. Right. You know what I'm saying? He's entitled to to his opinion. To I'm pretty sure there's 20 other guys that feel the same way he feels, but they won't say anything because, again, we've been conditioned to, you know, play nice in a sense. You know, Ramsey's like, man, the hell with that. Like, this is what I feel. This is how I feel. And when I played against these guys, this is what happened. Um, so I can appreciate it. I, I can appreciate it just being a competitor. Hey Cliff, listen, you look at this year's quarterback draft class and you see all these young guns. You see Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson. You know what it's like to get to a quarterback. What, when you look at these guys, who do you think has got the highest upside? In other words, 10 years down the road, who's the guy that we'll be talking about the most? Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> I, me personally, I'm a firm believer. Like I don't, I don't, I don't trust it. I don't believe in any rookie until they actually prove themselves. Okay. Uh, even our rookies that come in every year, first round or seventh round, whatever it is that you got drafted, you got to prove yourself that you even deserve to be here. Uh, so that being said, I really don't have an opinion on them now. Within the within the first six weeks, though, we'll see what the potential is like, what 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 they can actually do. Um, but 
I don't I don't necessarily have an opinion on any of those guys at the moment. It is pretty soon, pretty early. Now, Cliff, you went back to your native Haiti this year to continue building a school that you started three years ago. Bring us up to date. Where does the project stand, and why is that project so important to you? Oh, man. Uh, the school opens up this fall, uh, next month to be exact, uh, and I'm excited. I think it's pretty cool, one, to be able to give – these kids a place to be able to learn the things we take for granted here in America, like having electricity, having school buildings, having, um, you know, water and all these different things. These kids just want a building to learn. Like some of the students that come to the school are literally walking seven, eight, nine miles a day just to learn, you know? So to be able to give them that is, is such a blessing, such an honor. Uh, and, and for me, it's just, I feel like, I was fortunate enough to to be born here in the States and I was fortunate enough to be able to have a little bit of talent to play in the NFL and be able to provide for my family. But I know I could have easily been one of those kids if, if, you know, my mom didn't make it to the United States or my dad, vice versa, uh, they didn't make it to the States. So for me, it's all about giving back and giving those kids hope, you know, giving those kids the opportunity to be able to learn. They want to, so why not be able to give it to them? Um, and, and I think that's the, the first step to those kids in that country getting out of, out of their situation is being able to educate them. Good for you. What a great cause. What a great, great cause, Cliff. I got to say, I would imagine I've done this a long time and I I know where a lot of athletes, especially if they're not prepared for the next thing or their careers come suddenly to an end, that they really have trouble transitioning, man. You sound awesome. You sound awesome. Thank you. I know you're doing great. You're going to be great in the media because you've got the insight, you've got the experience, you've got the background. And most of all, my man, you're not afraid to say what's on your mind. So you keep that up. You're going to do great. I appreciate it, man. Step into the spotlight. Building professionals, check this out. If you're a contractor or a builder or a remodeler, Lumber Liquidators Pro Plus is the only partner you need for all of your flooring needs. With special pro-only pricing and dedicated support, LL Pro Plus will help you get your flooring jobs done quickly and profitably. Are you worried about selection and availability? Don't be. Lumber Liquidators has over 150 million square feet of flooring available with over 100,000 square feet in stock at most stores. Plus, they stock professional grade adhesives, underlayment, molding, tools, fasteners, and grout so you can get exactly what you need when you need it most. If you're too busy to pick up the flooring, not a problem either. The LL Pro Plus team will deliver it right to your job. And with LL Pro Plus, you can even get a business line of credit. So put the LL Pro Plus flooring experts on your team right now. Visit your local Lumber Liquidator store or LumberLiquidators.com slash ProSales. Once again, LumberLiquidators.com slash ProSales. Huge thanks to Cliff Averill for jumping on and spending some time with us. My man's got a very bright future in hosting ahead of him. He's easy to listen to, to talk to, and he's insightful as hell. If you like that conversation or you've got any questions about what you heard, hit me up on Twitter. And for this week, tag Cliff too. He's at Cliff Averill. Look. We might be 47 episodes in, but I am not about maxing out. I do not want to see this podcast ever on coast mode. Ever. So let's continue to grow this thing. You can help me do that by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing the podcast. Those three things are huge. And when I say share it, I mean go old school and tell somebody. Help a buddy out on a long commute or tell a business traveler to download it before their flight. 
I'll put this product and this guest list up against anybody, and you cannot beat the price either. So get subscribed, and you will not have to look for this thing ever again. It will find you every single week. As always, thank you very much for checking out the podcast, and if you're here waiting on some voicemails, your wait is over. See you next week. Yo, clones. Vance Mack here. Leave your name, leave a message, make it quick, make it good, and just know we might use it. Peace. First new message. Romy, I rate Craig. Hey, I just wanted to let all the clones know that while they're spending money on exercise classes and kickboxing classes, I got a free morning workout. I wrestled a pigeon for a piece of bread. Suck on that, clones. Message deleted. Next message. Hey, Romy, it's Robin in St. Pete. In my best flight attendant voice tonight, ladies and gentlemen, as we reach full flying altitude tonight, a few safety reminders. Number one, check out Jim Rome podcast. Phenomenal. Stephen A. Smith. Wow, an intellectual, compassionate, and articulate dude. And as we land tonight, or lady clones, I'm out. Message saved. Next message. Yo, Snaggles. Beaks from Studio City here. Rex and the ABQ came by this weekend. And based on his usual takes, I took him to Casa Vega for some greasy-ass enchiladas. The results? The mother Message deleted. Next message. Hey, Jimmy. Steven Sandimas. Uh, just got through listening to the Stephen A. episode. Gotta say, I used to wish that he and Skip Bayless would share a seat on the next Rocket to the Sun, but that interview changed my perspective completely. Solid dude. Actually, actually a good guy. Alright, take it easy. Message saved. Next message. Tim, FBI Mike here. Hey, I just want to say I'm very, very, very sorry for calling the show last week and making a Michael J. Fox joke. I swear I'll never do such a thing like that again. Um, if you'd like to take your personal chance to punch me in the jug for saying that, I will be at the Green Bay clone stock. Just say it. Message deleted. Next message. Hey, Rick and Buffalo. This is Darren and Cuna, you fucking scumbag. Dude, you're old ass bald motherfuck. You, you suck. Message deleted. Next message. What's up, man who gets lots of vacation? It's Dr. Dave. You said I needed to try harder. Well, here goes. Message deleted. Next message. Vance Mack, what's up, man? This is Cedric from Rochester. Um, just want to let you know that um, I listened to the, the podcast with you and Stephen A. last night, and it was awesome, man. You two guys are probably two of my favorite guys in the sports industry, man. Keep up the good work, man. Love you, man. Peace. Message saved. Next message. Jim, this is Jeff in San Antonio. How dare somebody call Harold Miner baby Jordan when I have the real thing right here in front of me, my beautiful baby daughter. I think I'm going to cry again. And, and I'm going to change her diaper right now because I'm a badass. And honey, will you change mine? I think it's full. <laughs> Message deleted. You have no more messages. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.